Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jeff Parker, the host of Content Creators Library, a podcast that helps creators grow their audience and helps them start building multiple streams of revenue through either interviews or just me yapping away in your car as you're driving to work. Wherever you're listening to this, I personally listen to it doing dishes, but that's enough of that. In this episode, we have Carly Lynn. We're going to know everything about content repurposing in this episode. We find out who is Carly because you got you to know the background information. We go over how to break this all down to a feasible way of actually repurposing your content through, as she calls, queen content or king content if you're a guy. I'm talking about how you can get more done in less time. I can get three times your chance of use with one third or so of the efforts. And of course, we can't mistake that there are mistakes in repurposing content. So we make sure we repurpose with an actual purpose. That's just one of the topics we cover in this episode. And then we go over one of my favorite questions that I thought at the beginning is repurposing content cheating. Is it cheating to make the same content on YouTube, post that to TikTok? Is that cheating? Will people get upset if they see the same content? You're going to find out. So with no further ado, please listen to the show. I really hope you all get something out this. So creators, let's start the show. So who are you currently? Tell us about, you know, your YouTube journey so far. So I'm Carly. Carly Lynn is what you'll see on most of my socials because it's just really pretty. Lynn is my middle name and it just looks really pretty together. So like my day job, so to speak, I'm an abusive relationship recovery coach and I am a single mom, but I've got really, really big dreams. And I was far too impatient to do just one thing at a time. Everybody said do one thing at a time. Well, 99.9% of the time, the usual that works for everybody else doesn't work for me. It's been scientifically proven more than once. So I was like, whatever, I don't want to stick to just one thing. I wanted to get my name out there and get my mission out there which meant I had about like 5 billion things I had to do on top of taking care of my kid and on top of, you know, trying to keep up on laundry so I'm not wearing dirty clothes four days in a row. And so with that, I was on Instagram and I started doing a podcast twice a week and I did a unique blog post three times a week. So for a total of um, five blog posts were going up every friggin' week on top of everything else I wanted to do. And it wasn't until a few months in that it clicked that I was like, you know what? My podcast is so much good content. It's so good. This just needs to be a focus. So why am I trying to do the blog post too? Just because everybody else is doing it. That's dumb. Like my podcast is really good. And so I stopped doing the extra blog posts and I just did the transcripts from my podcast. And then the blog posts that I had written, I turned those into podcast scripts. So that way I didn't even have to like transcribe it. It was just like I reorganized it on my website to be in my blog posts. And it just, everything clicked. And I was like, you know what? This repurposing thing is really freaking cool. And last year I started taking YouTube seriously. I still have got a really teeny channel. Neither of them have more than 80 subscribers, but I just really leaned into it and I said, okay, so if I am someone who has a podcast, and I've got this blog and I've got social media and I want to do a YouTube, a YouTube channel. I can't do different content everywhere for multiple reasons. One, it's too much for my brain. I like to think that I'm 30 people, but I'm not 30 people. I'm one person. And the more that I did, the more burnt out I got, but I didn't want to let anything go. I wanted to keep spinning all the plates. And so 
I just started doing, well, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but I just, anyway, I leaned into doing the video as like my main thing and everything else branched from that. And then I started sharing about like why repurposing is so important because I'm so passionate about the creator economy now and about creators. And now that I know all of these big YouTubers, I'm like, man, everybody's working so hard for these views on one thing and needs to go further. So I started sharing a little bit. And next thing I knew, I had people reaching out and asking me about content repurposing. And I was like, oh, this is actually a thing. So I started doing that and just started doing some freelancing. So that's my very uh, short story, very long way of how I got to the place where I'm not only an abuse recovery coach now, but now I have this outlet where I get to help creators and do what I love, which is repurpose content. It's a really weird thing, but I love it so much. I totally have like seven different things, like that slowly gets done because, you know, you have too many different things going on. And that's the power of, and I'm totally getting ahead of myself, but. The spinning plates is the best way. So it's like, I've heard the, like, there's juggling balls and you've got rubber balls and you've got glass balls. And I've said balls how many times in that sentence? I don't know. It's so funny to me. But like, which ones, which ones bounce and which ones shatter? But it was like, I want them all to stay in the air. So the plate spinning makes more sense because I'm like, okay, if I can create a better foundation for the plate spinning, I can keep all the plates up, but with less work. And so that in my mind is like what I think of every different thing is a plate, but if I can get all of the plates and super glue them to a tray, it's a lot easier to spin a tray with seven plates than seven plates all on their own. Do you think that saved you like more time than anything else? It, exactly. So for me, I, I've got a lot riding on this, right? So I've got not only me to support, but I also have my son and I've got my own chronic health issues and my son has high function special needs. And I'm a single mom and I can't constantly rely on everybody else to take care of it for me. And also a typical J-O-B didn't fit my life either. Either I wasn't seeing my kid all day because then I'd come home in so much pain because I was on my feet doing all this other stuff. And so I was like, okay, saving time right now in the sense of more time with him was not a luxury that I had. It was, I need to do more with the little time that I had. And so doing it this way allowed me to show up my podcast and show up consistently on YouTube until I moved across the country. You're, I haven't posted in a while because it's been a lot, but like it allowed me to do all of these things and show up in more place with less work because now it gave me the ability to lean into Twitter, which is how we connected and we started talking and my word of the year was relationships. But I was like, okay, how am I going to network and do these relationships? when I can't even see straight. Like I don't even have five seconds to go pee on myself without somebody trying to bust in the door. And when you repurpose your content and when you think about repurposing going into it, your content goes further, which means more eyes on it. And it's not necessarily just about the YouTube growth because I've got a big, big vision and I want to impact the world that I want to help these women. And I want to do it in more than just one way because not everyone listens to podcasts. And especially teenagers and teenagers really need the information that I have, but they don't always uh, find podcasts because they're not SEO friendly unless you go in and do the blog post and you SEO it. They're more on YouTube, but the older women aren't necessarily on social media or podcasts necessarily or on YouTube. And so I was like, I need to spread this out and just make it easily accessible so I can help more people without spending uh, all day in my DMs answering the same question or spending all day in front of the microphone doing nothing but recording or like. I just needed to do more 
in my 24 hours a day and repurposing can give you more time with your family or it can give you 48 hours in your 24 hours, just depending on what you need it to do. How would you take a YouTube channel and get, so TikTok or Reels or something, you know, Instagram without like recording three different videos? Cause that's ridiculous. There's different ways of going about it, but I, I geek out on this so hard because it's so fun and it's so easy and simple are two different things. It's very simple and it's easy if you have a system. So let's say you have a seven to 10 minute video. What you do is you go through when you rewatch that video and you pull clips. Some clips are 10 seconds long and some clips are three minutes long. And then you go through, you pull those clips and then you rewatch them and you think of the platforms. Like, okay, if I'm going to have, if it's two minutes, it can't go into shorts or reels, but I can still make a faster paced video as a different upload onto YouTube, cranking out those views. And someone who is not interested in watching a 10 minute video, they might watch a two minute video. And then you can direct them back to the original one. You can think of, okay, who watches this on TikTok? Who watches these things on Reels? And you go through, I think I kind of got ahead of myself. So I get so excited and then I get like all tongue-tied. But you go in and you edit out anything that is not completely necessary. Anything that isn't super necessary needs to be kept out. Extra breaths, like long dramatic pauses, unless it's part of like the comedy thing. I really lean into comedy. So there are times that I just stare at the screen and zooms in on my face because it just matches my personality. But I could take that from to a second and a half right? And you're just cutting it down and making it as short, as fast paced as possible. And then all of a sudden you've got all of this content. And the magic of that is let's say you've got this video that's seven to 10 minutes, you could easily find two to five clips to pull. And that two to five clips, even if it's a two minute clip that you can't put in reels or shorts or TikTok, which you could put it on TikTok, but I don't recommend doing anything over a minute on TikTok. Just don't do it. But you can take that two minute post and you can still do it as a static post. And then you can cut that step two minute post into two smaller clips as a part one and a part two. And then the next week you upload them as two separate reels. So it's the same video that you've already clipped. You just clip it again. And then you do that same thing on TikTok. You do the same thing on YouTube shorts, the same, like, so you've already done the work and you can go on three different platforms. And like, for me, I did have to get very real with myself because I was like, I had to think of what was really, what was mentally draining for me, it was mentally filling. TikTok, especially with the content that I cut, brings a lot of trolls and it reached a point that I was like, okay, I'm not posting there at all because I was so sick of hanging out in my comments. But I have people in my DMs on TikTok saying, where did you go? Like, we love your content, we need you because they're not necessarily on Instagram or YouTube. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to post on TikTok for these people, for my people. And I don't have to interact. I don't have to comment back. This is not good. Like if you're wanting to grow on TikTok, don't ignore your people. But that's not a focus for me. My focus is for the people who need the content. And so I just post there because one, growth there ain't gonna hurt ya. And two, if I have an extra five minutes to go in and I can check a couple of comments and if they're not super early, and usually what happens is by the time I get in there because it's been so long, my people have already fought off the troll and they've just left anyway, because that's what happens when you create a solid audience. But it's all about looking at your content and seeing how you can break it up. And if you need to, have a second set of eyes. Like have your friend or somebody that would, nor that would typically watch your channel, watch it and point out to you the parts that they would watch. 
and point out the things that stand out to you or stand out to them because sometimes we're too close. Like we're too close to the content to really see what stands out. And what's really basic and obvious to us is mind blowing to someone else. And so if we can take a three minute video and turn it into 60 seconds and it seems really boring to us, put it out there and hey, it may not land with your audience, but now you know, or it may really land with two, 300 people. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. I didn't think about it in this way. You may have said it 30 other times in a text post or in a carousel or in your stories, the way you say it in that shortened video hit home and it like it's, and you can do that on all three of the platforms on reels, on shorts. You just find out what works and you could try post it on. And then if it's, if nothing is happening. That's the biggest thing that people have to get comfortable with experimenting. And this is something that really big YouTubers say, but I feel like they even get stuck and they're kind of scared to do it. But you have to be willing because you have to see what's going to land because the audience on Instagram is going to be different than the audience on Snapchat, which is different than the audience on TikTok, which is different than the audience on Shorts. But if you don't put it out there, you're never going to know. The biggest thing, though, that I recommend everybody do is if you are editing like a library of content and you don't want to go back and re-export stuff, that's fine. Like if I forget to do it, I just work with what I have and you make it work the best you can. But I have seen a lot of people edit their stuff or break down their stuff for TikTok, for Reels or whatever, and you can tell they were so lazy with it. Like they, they didn't even try to make it fit the platform because on YouTube, we're used to cut scenes and B-roll and things are moving and we got graphics up. There is one, I was doing consultation for a guy and I was looking at his reels and then there was a whole clip. It was seven or eight seconds, which is a lot of space in TikTok land where you only saw half his face and like a little piece of a graphic coming through. And what that does is that's obvious. It's, it's repurposed content. That's obvious, which is a problem. And two, that's like, that's lazy. Like and your audience is going to see that and go, you know, you didn't even take the time to like cut and shift. Like you have to format it. This does take a little bit of time and playing with, but you didn't even try. And your audience is going to know and they're just going to go on to the next, which is going to kill your retention, which is going to kill you showing up on the FYP and all of that. So back to my original point, man, this is before you add any sound effects, before you add any music, and even before you add any of like the, I don't know what it's called, but like when you pan or zoom in on something, anything, do an export first. And you label that specifically as what you will use for your clicked videos for short form content. Because then you don't have to worry about, cause if you have a song playing and you, it's going to be obvious, like when you're listening yeah. to it and no one wants that. And the second part of that is, or two, you don't want it to be obviously repurposed content because people don't want to watch lazy content. They don't at this point. They don't want perfect, but they also don't want lazy. So if you're going to repurpose it, repurpose it with purpose. Like think about the viewer. And number three, when you upload it, if you have the time, not everybody has the time for this. And if this is going to hold you back from doing it, don't let it be an excuse. Just post it as is. But you can find audio in music that's already native to the platform. So like what I do is I will export it and then I'll find like some lo-fi track that's already in TikTok or something that's trending that I can lower the volume and have it just a little bit. So that way there's music, which is going to pull people in, 
and it's native to the platform. So instead of posting it up and leaving it, TikTok goes, oh, wait a second, using our features. Oh, you're going to turn on our captions. Oh, you're going to use our music that we have in our database. We're going to, we're going to boost this a little bit more because we like you. You're going to take the extra time to actually use our stuff. You didn't use their camera and you didn't use their editor, but you're using their music. You're using their captions. You're using their stuff. And so they're more, and they want to use it, especially now that TikTok and Reels are like going at it. They're coming for each other's throats. They want you to use their tools. But like, just take 30 seconds, pick a song, lower the volume, make sure that people can still hear you, use the features, and, because then it's going to feel native. When people are scrolling, and I find it this way, I hate the way that the TikTok captions look on videos. I hate the way they look. I understand why they're there. They're there for accessibility. They're not there for aesthetics. They're there so people who are deaf can still be a part of the community but I hate the way they look. So I started just putting it up and using like the IG captions. Like I'll put it in my stories or I'll just set it up in my reel and export it with the captions on there. And it doesn't flow the same. I see other people's doing the same and I'm like, okay, I know it's great purpose content because now I look for it. Like I, I search for that piece and I'm like, haha, I see what you're doing. And it doesn't flow. I don't like it. When I'm on TikTok, I want to feel like I'm on TikTok. When I'm on Reels, I don't want to feel like I'm on TikTok. I want to feel like I'm on Reels. I don't like the text options on Reels at all. I prefer uh, TikToks. I don't like the caption options on TikTok. I prefer the Reels version. But you need to stick with what's native because when someone's scrolling, people who hate TikTok scroll Reels all day long. People who hate Instagram scroll TikTok all day long. They want it to feel like it's in the platform. And if it's obvious that it's not on the platform, like that it's repurposed, people are on, they're onto it. Consumers of content, we know, we know, and we can sometimes get so far separated from what it's like to be a viewer, a consumer of content that we screw up. We think we're hot stuff. We think this is so good. This is so polished. Like this got me 10,000 views on YouTube. It's so good. It'll fall flat on TikTok because it doesn't feel native. People are like, nah, I don't come to TikTok for this. I don't come for that. Like I go to YouTube. I don't like videos less than 10 minutes. I prefer like when I see something that's like 40 minutes to two hours, I'm like, yes, like this is, I'm going to watch it for the next two days to make sure I watch it all. Yep. I like consuming long content. When I'm on TikTok, my attention span is that of a goldfish. If it's going to be longer than five seconds, it better have earned my attention. Like, cause I will be, I am so ruthless. And it's like, okay, I'm that way. Other viewers are going to be that way. And you have to treat the platform like, you're making it for the audience while not overthinking it. I went on this whole side rant, all of that. Don't let that stop you though. Like if you need to just use your IG captions because you don't know how to work TikTok, do what you can right now. But as you learn, like as you learn, as you create your system, you'll find, okay, I planned out 30 minutes to get all of this done and I got it done in 20. I'm going to take an extra 30 seconds to find a, a funky lo-fi track. I'm going to take a few extra seconds to just see what's trending and see if I can throw this in. Like, I have been geeking out on this for, I mean, I've been trying to do the entrepreneurship thing for over 10 years now, and I'm just now starting to get it. So don't beat yourself up. You can't do it all. But keep these things in mind and don't get upset with yourself if you're not getting it perfect right away. So like the real music where like the, you put it underneath, like I've seen people mm -hmm. do, I've even done that. And like, I'm 100% positive it's got more views because it's the algorithm mm -hmm. knows, I mean, maybe you're talking on it, 
but it has that music on there and it already jumps it up a little higher than maybe just someone talking or something. I know it's like my podcast, like you could easily just take one question out. I mean, I've done that with the reels where I'll just post it like I'll, one question. It's like 13 seconds long where it's just like, it's not even the hook, you know, cause I'll put the title on top. Like, how do you get more subscribers? Someone will answer it and just boom, that's it, done. And it's like, literally, that's just, that's just only four seconds of, not four, we're 14 seconds of the podcast. Mm-hmm. You go crazy. You go crazy. Exactly. And I got inspired and I, I didn't really even see the potential in this until I started watching Gary Vee. He repurposes the crap out of everything and he's everywhere all the time. He also has a giant team. Don't compare yourself to Gary Vee yeah, or yeah. anybody at all. But that's when it hit. And then I saw on Think Media does this too. They have several different channels. They have their podcast channel and they have their main channel. And they'll take their longer form stuff and chop it up into clips and post it. And they both get really good views. And Vanessa Lala started to do this. And I was like, okay, if all of them are doing this, then there's something to it. Like, why aren't we taking advantage of the content that we're making? Like all of this talk about TikTok and real strategy, like all of that, that's great and fun. And I will geek out about it all day long. But we work really freaking hard on our content. Like this takes time and it is a labor of love. And even when you start making the big bucks, it's still a labor of love. Like talk to any big creators. Like this really resonated with me when I got to know Roberto Blakemore. I talked to him in Clubhouse and I was like, oh my gosh, like this dude, he puts his heart and soul into everything he does. And this is like his life and he still gives it everything he's got. So why, why aren't we taking advantage of our content now instead of waiting until we're big to do it later? Like, let's look, we don't have to do everything right away, but we can start with one thing and say, okay, I have not, I'm super consistent on YouTube and I've got this library of 20, 30, 500 videos, but I want to get more consistent. I want to take advantage of reels or TikTok, but I don't have any time. Like I don't want to sit there and be in, you know, creating posts all day long well instead go and look at your content which one is going to help you get better i got so much better at my content and recording and showing up in front of the camera when i started looking at myself because i had to cut out every awe and um and awkward noise and awkward look that i made and i was like wow okay this was really long-winded i posted this whole video on youtube but now that i'm watching it again i'm like oh dear jesus i really hope nobody ever watches that video i mean not not really awkward stuff but like it just, it really benefits you in so many ways. So before, and we'll talk about the outsourcing part later, but I truly think that before anyone outsources, everyone should learn how to do it themselves because they need to know their content so well, because once you watch it, once you created it, you watch through it at 1.52 X speed and you can know what you have. You cut it out, you pull out pieces and it doesn't take you as long. I mean, if you're creating like Roberto, he creates these three, four, five hour long podcasts he does not have time to go through and watch that. So it would make sense to outsource that right away. But he also is 500 plus thousand subscribers and he's established. When I first started about first content, was like, is that like cheating? Like, like if I post on Instagram and TikTok and a shorts all at the same time, I first like, well, what if three people, if one person saw it three times, they get pissed off. That's my first impression was then it's like, we're so scattered. There's no, there's no way someone is seeing that same content at noon on a Wednesday that you posted. It's impossible. You are, I 100% agree with you. So what my girl, I say my girl, she doesn't know this, but she's like my best friend, Jasmine Starr. If you're in the Instagram world at all, you should know who she is. And if you don't know, go look her up, Jasmine Starr. She's incredible. 
But what she does is she has, and again, she has a whole team. This is not comparison. It's just information. But she will schedule something to post on Instagram. And then two weeks, in, or I think it's like seven days or 14 days or whatever, and four hours later, it will be scheduled to post on Facebook. Because she doesn't want that overlap because people will go between Instagram and Facebook and all that. But you have to think about your audience. The audience on TikTok doesn't necessarily want to go to YouTube because it's different content. People that are watching TikToks aren't going to go watch YouTube shorts. People that are watching reels. I know people that love reels and hate TikTok, which I find so strange to me. The content itself and the vibe is different, but it's the same. It's the same. Reels is just like two weeks behind. Trend-wise, it's like two weeks behind TikTok. But there, this stat has really stuck with me. And I think it's even less now since everything is so pay-to-play. Organically, 3% of your audience will see your, your content. On a good, excellent, amazing day, 5% will. So that means if you have 100 followers, three to five of them are going to see your video. So that means even if you take something and they happen to go on the TikTok and YouTube shorts, the chance of them seeing the same video is so, so, especially because TikTok and IG, they're not friends. They don't have similar algorithms. Uh, Reels is trying real hard to match TikToks, but they're not connected at all. YouTube and Instagram aren't connected. So like Facebook and Instagram, if you like something on Facebook, it's more apt to show up on your Instagram feed, which makes no sense to me because I feel like they should know not to show it to you on Instagram to like space it out, but whatever. So posting the same thing in multiple places at the same time, if that works for you, do that. What I like to do is I will keep everything in my Google Drive and I will set up a schedule before, and this is exactly what I did before the Facebook business suite came out where you could schedule. I would just have it in my Google Drive and I would take it I'd post it to Reels, I'd post it to Shirts, which is why repurposing is so powerful because you're getting more in different eyes on your content. But here is something else that people do not take advantage of. And I'm going to be <clears throat> going live about this, this uh, maybe today if, I, if my son stays cooperative, is that you can use one caption or one piece of content on Instagram and you can post it three different times in three different ways. And what I mean by that is let's say you post a Reel right? And that's your reel, the caption, you have that posted. You pull the transcript from that. That's a caption. You can have post a completely different picture with the caption. And then you can do it and you can make a carousel post with it. And even you can do a two to three minute video where the reel is incorporated into it. So I guess it's kind of like, kind of like the same content, but different. You can just use this caption or whatever. People aren't going to know. People aren't going to know. Three to five people are seeing your content. And even your diehard fans, this is what I find so funny to me. Your diehard fans, even if they notice, they're going to be grateful because people need on average, and I know it's increased since the last time I read the actual statistic. I think it's closer to 13 now. But the study that I know was referenced, someone needs to see something seven to 11 times to take action on it. And so if you post something once, we get in this, I don't want to get in there. I don't want to say it. I said it once. I should never have to say it again. Oh my God. Think about it. I can hardly remember to get up and pee when I'm working because my brain is so full. It's like, oh shoot, I got to go right now because I just, I don't even think about it. When we're scrolling, nine times out of 10, we're passively scrolling. The only people who don't passively scroll, I truly believe are those of us who are marketers. And it's because we're just looking for inspiration. Everybody else, which if we're, 
And also, side note, we are immersed in this world. Okay. So we think everybody knows this stuff. We are a very small percentage of the rest of the world. So I get into this space too, where I'm like, oh shoot, everybody is saying the same thing all the time. We all got different audiences. We got different people. So there's that to consider. But when, okay. So the the funny story that I was going to share before I got off on that tangent. So I posted something, I don't know, I think it was early last year. And it was actually a content that I pulled from a blog post. I pulled the caption, I posted it, and I'm pretty sure I'd already posted it once before, but I can't tell you for sure. I took that same content the next, like, I think it was a month later, and I was like, I do not have time. I didn't know about the scheduler yet. I was like, I need to get something up because I'm posting every day, and I don't know what to do. So I went back. I legit took a selfie that day, went in the Lightroom, spruced it up, made myself not look half dead, and then I posted the caption again. The same people who liked it the first time liked it the second time. Except the second time they engaged on it and said they desperately needed to hear it that day. They liked it. I went back and looked. They liked it. Like they liked it the first time and the second time. But the second time they actually took time to comment on it. And they're like, thank you so much for sharing this because I desperately needed it. I was like, why are we posting content once in one place and then expecting it to be the be all end all? Like I bust my butt on this content. More than three to five people need to see it. Now, especially with the work that I do, I am totally, if my, if what I post impacts one life, encourages one woman to get out, I'm happy with that. But we want to impact, whether your impact is making money for your family, whether your impact is changing the world, whether your impact is wanting to build a career, we need more than three or five people to see our stuff. We need, and a lot of us are starting small. Like on YouTube, on my main channel, I've got, I think, eight, 70 subscribers now, something like that. And then on my, that content nerd channel, I only have 12, also because I started it right before I moved across the country. But I worked really hard on that content. And so what did I do? I created some shorts with that and I scheduled it and it's gotten more views. I took that content and I also posted it on Twitter. I pulled concepts and I shared it on Twitter threads and it's gotten more reach than my freaking YouTube video did. Like, imagine if I just posted it once and then never touched it again. Like I saw, I just saw before we started talking on here that I don't know, I think maybe it was, I don't know, I'm not gonna try to remember the name, but someone said, that they were so shocked that creators will make these videos that go viral and then won't make a similar video because it's already been done. Imagine the people that haven't seen it yet. Like, it doesn't matter if it got a million views. There's billions of people in the world. Like, we can't even conceive how big that number is. We need to reach more people. If something is working, do it more. If something yeah. is working, spread it out further. We need to have that same idea, that same concept in mind when it comes to repurposing. We work too dang hard on our content for three to five people to see it. So that's why I won't create a YouTube video. Like if I go live on YouTube, that's going to be podcast audio because my reach on YouTube ain't very big right now, but I want that there first the person who needs it. I also want it on my podcast and it's also going to be on my blog so it can be Googled. And it's also going to be turned into Instagram captions. And it's also going to be turned into possibly like it will inspire more content that's more native to TikTok or Reels because not all of my content is pulled from videos. But if I can take the concept and apply it to a trend in a reel, it's still repurposing, by the way. I'm sitting there doing whatever, some stupid dance, or I'm just like mouthing to a lip syncing thing. Wow, I can't talk today. But that same concept's already there. I don't have to think from it from scratch. And I see the same concepts over and over and over again. And every single time it hits home with somebody, no one's going to get upset with you. And if someone's going to get upset because you post something in multiple places, 
let's just thank that's where you just say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. The trash showed up and I could, it's going to take itself out because I'm not, I don't got the time. I don't got the energy. And we said about like being grateful, like it's like when someone they kept liking like your second iteration of what you made. First was an email about Instagram, like you're on your Instagram and everything. And like, yeah, this is cool. They weren't selling that time. It's like, you know, this is cool. And then they saw, I saw the same carousel like two days later. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked it and like commented on it. I'm like, I don't know what I said, but you know, it's like you almost needed it the second time. I didn't care at all. That's why I asked the question. Exactly. I'm like, I literally did not care. It was the same thing. It was just, you know, eight sentences turned to eight carousel posts. So it is very easy. And this is, this is a little bit from like my coaching side and somebody's going to get mad at me, but we can become very precious about ourselves and our work. And we think that even though you, you saw that video, or not the video, carousel, you just said the word. You saw the carousel twice, you still have it in your head, well, someone's gonna get mad at me because we're the special ones. It's great for everybody else, but we're so special that someone's gonna point us out and hate on us, and it just becomes another reason not to put out the dang content. Whether the content is original or it's repurposed, whether it's a podcast to a blog to social media captions, whether it's YouTube to TikTok to a podcast, whatever, we like to think that it's great for them, but we're, we're the special ones that we just, we stand out so long. We got to let go of that. Like I've been doing this in my personal life. I've been doing this in my content. Like lately, my reels on Instagram, I have just been showing up however I want to show up. Like I do not have time to put on my full face every day. I have no desire to do that. My skin doesn't want me to do that. I probably should have today because I blended with my walls, but like I'm going to show up how I want to show up. And if someone doesn't like it, so like at the end of the day these are people on the internet that we're never going to meet and so we need to stop acting like we are the single-handedly going to negatively impact someone's life by posting content like as long as you're not posting hate speech and as long as you're not being a jerk post the content and that's not how it used to that's like preaching to myself too like i gotta say to myself all the time we just gotta get less precious with our stuff and just start doing it and we're never going to know until we put it out. But we got to, we have to accept that something may not land and that's okay. Like we may post some of our content to TikTok and find that the TikTok audience doesn't like it. And that's okay. There are some things that I posted on TikTok for my, because my videos have been so boring and I'm not a boring person, but I'm just calling myself out here. So my clips are really easy to pull because they're a bunch of talking head videos. And so it was really easy for me to pull a clip and post it and they haven't landed. A couple of people really did enjoy, a couple of people did enjoy it. A couple of people did DM me and say that they were grateful for it, which is fine, but it didn't land. But I would think I took content from a different style of video, which is a little bit more difficult to edit. But there were skits that I did where I was like breaking down gaslighting or projection or some of these things that are really important to know when you're healing. And people loved it because it felt more fun to watch. And so you have to figure out what your audience wants and you're never going to know if you don't ever put it out there. I think we all should be putting stuff out there regardless if it sucks or not. Or if we, if we think it sucks or not. You just don't know. You don't know if it sucks. You think it sucks. Yes. It, 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 it might suck. We don't know until the public. Right yeah. there. So this is kind of like, side. I've been talking way too much. But I heard this. It was at a Brendan Burchard. I don't think it was a conference. I'm pretty sure it was like a podcast I was listening to or a course of his that I took or something. But he said that perfectionism isn't really real it's just fear and an excuse 
Because things cannot be perfect until you put it out in the world and you get feedback and then you get better. Like if you were, a, like books are never perfect. Like there are people that are best-selling authors that their books are perfect that I can go through and I can find errors in them. But we can get so caught up in perfectionism that we're like, well, I just want it to be perfect. It just needs to be perfect. No, you don't. You just want an excuse not to put out the content. You just want an excuse not to put it out. And when you first repurpose your stuff, it's going to suck and it's going to feel awkward and you're going to make it too long and you're going to add too much information. You're going to cut out something you wish you didn't. But guess what? The video is still there. You can go back to the original export and you can reclip it and post it again. Like there are people I love on TikTok that I haven't seen all of their stuff. I can't even tell you what their usernames are. I don't pay attention. I just click on their little profile and sometimes I binge it and sometimes I just love it when their stuff comes up. So just post it again. Like get practice, get feedback. If someone's like, okay, this is good, but wow, that did not in 60 seconds. You could have easily done that in 15. Take the video, do it again and cut it down even further. Like we got to not be so precious. We got to not be, not be afraid. It's not failure because you're learning. Like you're never going to learn. You're never going to grow if you don't put it out there and you're never going to get to where you want to go if you're not willing to do it. And that's what's holding a lot of people back. A lot of people are armchair YouTubers. They're armchair TikTokers. They're armchair, like people will watch Chucks, the cooking show. And oh, they, they would do such a better job. That was so stupid. I would never do that. I know someone who was on a baking competition show on Food Network and he is a Michelin starred pastry chef and he jacked up. And he was so mad when he found out that I, that I found out he was on the show because I watched it because I'm a total food nerd. Because when you're in the moment, things are different. You're, there's pressure, there's stress. But if he wouldn't have done that, he wouldn't have gotten the skills and the exposure and the relationships that he had. So get off the armchair, dust yourself off, put on the dang shoes and get to work. When should you start repurposing content? Because like I've, like I should have done this honestly day one. Because if, if I have to go back through all my content, like, I don't know if I'm even going to go back to the older stuff because it's just too, it's too far gone. Like I probably should have started back then. But what do you so, think? When to start? I mean, it's just like, it's, I feel like it's so cliche at this point, but it's so true. The best time to plant a tree was like, of uh, what was it? Like 500 years ago. The next best time is today. Like we can, there's always hindsight, but I truly think that people can start right now. If you have a library of content and you have an extra hour on a Saturday, dedicate one hour a week to go through and repurpose the crap out of your content. Like you don't have to do it all at once, but if you want to start with your library, start there. But in general, so when you, when you're starting, the best way to do it is to start with whatever your queen content is or your king content, whatever word works for you. And let that be your main thing. That's just where to start is you hone in on what your queen content is. So for YouTubers, it would be a video. For bloggers, it would be the blog. For podcasters, it would be the podcast. Like whatever your highest tier, biggest focus is, that's where you start. And then you just need to figure out what you want to do with it. So you figure out, okay, where a lot of piece of paper, or like if you are more Google Docs, you can use Google Docs. I like pen to paper. I really do. And you figure out where you're showing up consistently already and where you want to show up consistently. And don't limit yourself right now. This isn't about being realistic about wanting to show up. You just make those two lists. Where, and be real with yourself. If YouTube is the only place you're showing up consistently, that's okay. But you've gotta be real with yourself and honest about where you're at right now. Because a lot of us love to, in our minds, we're a lot further along than we really are, but we gotta be real if we actually wanna make progress.
because that needs to be your first focus. You go, okay, I'm doing YouTube consistently and I really suck on all of my other social platforms. So right now my focus is going to be cutting up my library of content or thinking through how I'm going to repurpose from this moment forward specifically for you. If you're making videos, I really think that short form content needs to be a priority. I really, really do. And if you're doing it already for YouTube shorts, whether it's a second channel or your main channel, and then just post a video on the reels and post a video on the TikTok. Or if Instagram is too much for you, just throw it up on TikTok and then close the app. Like just start creating a library of content. Even if you're not going to interact on there, start with a library of content. Because even if that's something you're like, okay, I'm not consistent on TikTok right now, but I want to be in the future. You want people to be able to go back and binge. I do that all the time. When I find creators that stand out, I will go to their page and I will spend, I spent two hours on this dude's TikToks last night. Someone take my ball. I need to sleep and stay off of TikTok. But I watched, so I spent two hours just binging his stuff. And I made sure not to like everything because they get mad. They can be, sp it's not spam liking. You just create good stuff, okay? But I go through and I watch all of it. Two hours, he had that much contact on his page. And it was so good. And I just loved it. And so even if you're not big, even if you have one follower, like it doesn't matter, just start throwing it up on TikTok because then in the future, that's a bank of content that someone could binge that may end up leading them back. And it's literally no extra work if you're already making it for shorts. Like you're already making it, just throw it up on TikTok. It's no big deal. Don't overthink it. Don't worry about adding music even. Just turn on the captions so that way you're being accessible to as many people as possible. But then close the app if that's too much for you. Like don't make it a priority if it's not a priority for you. But then after you get consistent about repurposing on the platform that you're already consistently creating on, then go to your list and go, okay, I want to be consistent on LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Pick one to two of them. TikTok and Instagram are the easiest. You can throw up a reel on both. Instagram, you want to add a little bit more of a caption to it in case people want to learn more about you in the video. But like that can be your thing. And then once you get used to those, then you can go into add LinkedIn on. And you're like, okay, I've got this down and I want to repurpose this stuff for LinkedIn. I'm just going to start posting my videos on LinkedIn. I'm not going to interact. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to take the video and make sure that it's not super YouTube-y. Don't have like a subscribe button if you're going to just upload the video directly to LinkedIn. Like throw it up on LinkedIn and start creating your library, your resource library there, especially because LinkedIn is a lot more search friendly than any other social media platform. Pinterest is on social media. Don't come at me. It's not, it's search engine. So like social media wise, LinkedIn is the most searchable and it's so good and you can reach different people there. So start with where you're at and figure out a path to where you want to go. We overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. Just start with where you're at chop up videos. And then if you're like, okay, I kind of want to start a podcast. I kind of want that to be a thing. Is your video, are the videos you make podcastable? Sometimes yes. And sometimes no. Like there are some videos that I'm going to be doing in the future that are going to have multiple characters in them. It's not going to be very podcastable because it's going to be really confusing because without seeing who it is, when they're both me, they're not going to know who's talking about what. So that's not podcastable, but maybe what you can do is you can take the script take the transcript of that and turn it into a podcast, uh, podcast script. So that way you can turn it into a podcast or you can just pull the audio. If it's a how-to thing that isn't visual, pull the audio, upload it to a podcast. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Add an intro if you want. Don't add an intro if you want. People overcomplicate podcasting so much. Just start, throw the dang thing up. It's not going to kill you. You're not going to die. Like I accidentally uploaded four 
raw files instead of the edited ones where I was yelling at my cats to shut up. I am so humiliated. Thank God it's not a big podcast. Like we just start, figure out where you're at, make a plan and don't ever complicate it and let go of whatever results you want to get. Like if someone were to hire me, the ROI that you get from me is not necessarily more money. That's not my focus. My focus is to get you more time. And so you're not looking at this to get more money. Maybe it's to get more, maybe this to get more money and you're repurposing for ads. You need to know that ahead of time. Start with where you're at, figure out where you want to go, make a path to get there, set some deadlines, be consistent and don't overcomplicate it. Dear God, don't overcomplicate it. I can overcomplicate anything. Like give me a video game. I will find the most complicated way possible and still win. But it's like that, that took you 45 minutes and it should have taken you four. Like what the heck? I'm really good at overcomplicating. We can't do that with repurposing or else it's not, there's no point. If we overcomplicate it, it's doing the opposite of what we want it to. I think when you said like close the app down, I think that's like something a lot of people should probably do. Cause like, like there's, so, you know, cause you, you can post it on TikTok and then, then your whole brain is like this, that, and you start thinking about everything. It's like, you can just, like, I don't get on social media till noon. I, I just don't get on till noon unless it's a DM. Mm-hmm. But I literally, it's just me. I can't mentally, because like today I got on, like the whole day felt like I was rushing. Because you just yep. get in that, I got a comment, this and that. And I just couldn't, the whole day I felt like I was rushing. And but if I get on at noon, like I, I just don't open it. It's like if you're posting somewhere else, if you have to just shut that thing down. Thanks. What I also like to do is use Google Drive because I can use, or cloud or I don't know, whatever non-Google people use is I will upload a bunch of, pre-recorded shorts or reels or TikToks and they're sitting in a drive and they are labeled with the date. Like that's the name of it is the date that it needs to go live. And then I'll have a reminder come up on my phone that says post reel or post TikTok, whatever. And I'll download it to my phone and then I just download it and I post it. And I will even write the caption in a Google doc where I just copy download while it's downloading. I copied the caption and then I just paste it, upload it, done. I am sick. I'm ghetto. Like I keep this as basic and simple as possible. And I do the same thing. That's how I manage my client work too. When I send stuff, because I just have it in my Google drive and I'm like, okay, I'm going to label it this way. So they know when to upload it and where to put it, whatever works for them. But you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to spend any money. Facebook business suite is free. Google drive is free. And if you need to make multiple Google drive accounts, so that way you don't have to pay for storage, do that. I have like seven and I could access them all on my phone, especially when you're first starting, don't spend a bunch of money. Like, yes, invest in yourself, but invest in tools that are more necessary. Facebook business suite is free. The short there, the YouTube scheduling app is free. Why, why people are anyway, I have a lot of, I don't understand how there's still all of these scheduling apps that cost like anywhere from 20 to $50 a month. I'm like, she does. The only thing I can think of that would make it worth it is if you're scheduling things on Pinterest, but even then you can schedule, there's a native scheduler on Pinterest where you can schedule two weeks in advance. Yeah, exactly. Like you can schedule it in YouTube and that you can just throw it up. You just create it because I just create them and you can bulk upload to YouTube and then you just have to go in and add your description and add all of that and whatever you want to do with your shorts. People don't necessarily read the description on shorts, but it's good for like the search engine stuff. But I also don't search for shorts. If I see a short, I don't watch it. Like, I hate seeing shorts. I just don't watch them because they're not, I am not the target audience for shorts at all. So if you just want to put a title on it and post it, that's fine too. 
you can bulk upload. And while that's uploading, you can go and bulk upload to Google Drive and have it both uploading at the same time. You can be working on scheduling your Instagram and Facebook posts. And I've got a video on my channel too that walks how I do that and how I save time. I don't have a lot of time. I have very little time and I should not be able to do the amount that I do in the time that I have. People are like, I don't know how you do it. And frankly, I don't know either. There are some days where I'm up until 4 or 5 a.m. There are some times where it's hard to keep up. But at the end of the day, like most days, I'm asleep. I'm an old late. I put my son to bed and I usually fall asleep while I'm putting him to bed at 7.30. And that's fine. I like living an old lady life. That's fine with me. And I still, and my behind is not being two weeks ahead. So it's possible. Don't spend your money and don't spend an obscene amount of time on it. Just do it. The more you do it, quantity creates quality. As long as you learn as you go, you're going to get more efficient. You're going to get it done. Don't overthink it. Don't overdo it. Just put it out there. He's had this, I don't know if it's an app or anything, but it, it was, I saw on YouTube videos, it was called Whimsical. Is that what it's called? Yes. I, so Whimsical, yeah. I also shared about this on my YouTube channel because I love it so much. So I am a pen to paper person. I, wow. That was a lot of peas in that sentence. I like writing things down. It gets in my brain better when I can actually physically draw a circle, draw a line to think and map things out. Whimsical is the equivalent of that for a computer because I will write out a whole new thing every single time just because I like to procrastinate, really good at that. But I also have a billion different notebooks. I am the worst organized person in the world outside of like my little systems on the computer. And I would lose things all the time because I never put things in the same notebook. Whimsical allows you to do a lot more than what I use it for, but you can actually create a brain dump or a mind map or whatever visual system and it gives you the ability to see it so let's say you're creating your repurposing system and you're like okay i want to show up on instagram and do a podcast and do a blog and do like all of this stuff or maybe you only want to do like two or three things but i have no chill i want i do like five thousand things at once i really don't recommend it but anyway so what you can do is you put your queen content at the top, like YouTube video at the top, and you can actually have other little boxes and lines that go to these boxes. So I go, okay, podcast first, what is this going to get broken? Or YouTube video first, what is this going to get broken up to? Okay, so it needs to, as if I, I forget this is the podcast, I talk with my hands, so I'm breaking it down. Imagine that this crazy person is describing this to you with her hands. So you write the thing at the top. And then you can branch out and go, okay, this needs to get broken down into TikToks, reels, and shorts. And so that's a stem. This needs to get pulled. The audio needs to get pulled to turn into a podcast. And so that's a stem. And then from the podcast, you need to pull the transcript from that to turn it into a blog post. And you also want to create an audiogram from the podcast. So just saying this, all of a sudden your brain kind of goes, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And now my brain's a scrambled egg. When you can have all this out in front of you, this is the magic of whimsical. You can see it and you can move things around and you can see in real time in front of you without ripping up a piece of paper and wasting time what you're missing. Like I didn't see how many opportunities for repurposing I was missing already for the platforms that I was on. So like I shared earlier about how you can use one caption several times in several different ways, 
I didn't think of using that in a systematic way until I saw I didn't see it until I had it laid out in front of me. And I was like, wait a sec, consulted someone and taught someone how to do this. Why am I not doing it? Where does this fit in? And so I was able to break it down and put it in my system, which then makes it easier for my brain to go, okay, I need to work this in somewhere. Sometimes not everything is done, but having it in whimsical, I can go, okay, this, I created this video. What am I missing? What did I not do? What is not inherent to me yet? And I can see the whole flow. You can also use whimsical to do presentations. I actually found it from Layla at Process Driven. She is a ClickUp expert and uh, which is a project management platform. I love them to death. That's how I keep ever, all of this straight. But she did a whole presentation using Whimsical. Same thing, where she was able to walk people through her whole mind maps process in a way that made sense. While basically, you've got to, you get an inside look at people's brains. You can get an inside look at your brain. And without getting into all of the coaching and all of that, your brain is constant chaos. When you add repurposing to it, it feels overwhelming, so it just stops. When you can throw it where you just like word vomit it out in front of you and you can see it all, it makes so much more sense and it actually frees up your brain space. Because when your brain can see that you've put it in a safe place where it's not just chaos up here, it's gonna let go of that information and make room for other information where you're gonna get clarity on, oh my gosh, I could totally do this and it's not going to be as overwhelming as I thought because it's only going to take me 10 extra minutes versus an extra hour and a half doing the whole video process. Whimsical, this is not sponsored. They don't have an affiliate program. I check. It's all totally free. You can do up to like 5,000 items on it. I have done this. So I don't even know how many like boards I have on there, but I'm not even halfway through. And like you hear how fast I talk, all of this is in Whimsical somewhere. There's so much to it. You're, there's no way that you'll have to pay for it within the next 10 years. Like, it's incredible. And I don't know how, hopefully they don't hear this. Please don't charge for it. But I don't know how they keep it as amazing as it is and not charge. It's incredible. It's such a powerful tool, especially for the neurodivergent peeps who really struggle to keep things straight, like myself. Like, it's so nice because once I, I was able to look at Whimsical and I was able to take a screenshot of it, and put it into my ClickUp and then create what I needed to do within my project management system. Makes life so much easier. And that's how I, that's how I learned that I could do all of this. It's because I started throwing things in school and I was like, oh, I can do this and this and this and this. And it gives you the opportunity to be om omnipresent without the overwhelm of being omnipresent. That no, that's, that's literally like, it's like, it's, it's a mind map essentially is what it is. I mean, if you Yeah, you can do, there's a lot more that you can do with it too. But that's what I use it for. I use it for mind map, brain dumping. You can do charts like tables. There's so much you can do. You can zoom in really close or you can zoom out super far and see like 5 billion different things. If you have a team, this would be really good for you to break down your system. Like if you're creating SOPs where you're like, okay, I want my VA to start repurposing, but I don't really know quite yet what I want them to do. Create that and show it to your VA. That, that way you, they get to see into your mind what you want and it's going to help you break it down. It's so good. It's so good. It's just like a random question. I could use that for a million different things. Cause I write stuff. I'm like writing notes down and I write like all this stuff down. It's filled with stuff. I'm like, I just use that. Especially the yeah. boxes. And it's if like, you have a how-to channel or an education channel, 
recognizing that well you have to think about your audience and how they learn but i know for me i need something visual i don't just want to hear someone talk i need to see it and so i've used whimsical to create things to just screen share and i walk people through like i've got a video where i share you know five ways to repurpose your content and i did another video similar to that and i included whimsical almost the same video i just included whimsical but help break it down because seeing something is just easier than just hearing someone talk about it and it sounds really overwhelming when you hear it all but when you see the little tree of how it all breaks down it's a flow it's not like things are going to take you 40 billion hours it's a flow and of course things are going to take you longer when you first start but once you get into the rhythm things move quick really really quick there's another way to repurpose you use do you do the same concept for a video but you do a five minute version and a 10 minute version in a 20 minute version and you see what lands your audience maybe all of them do really well and you're hitting because everybody's brains works differently and so if you're hitting people in what they need in different ways you're also creating multiple pieces of content from the same idea because it's hard to come up with content ideas all the time use the same idea and use it over and over again in different ways and your audience is just going to be grateful like and if a, if a video doesn't land so do another one like change it, change it up. You never know. There's like this farming channel or something. It's like the videos are like 40 minutes long. I'm thinking there's no way it's just too long. I started mm -hmm. watching it. It's like the perfect length. Power of repurposing, man. I geek out so hard. I didn't realize I would ever get this excited about repurposing content. But like, I, it just goes back to, we work too dang hard on our content, not to make it work and work as hard as we are because we get so focused on the next and the next and the next. And we're not really pushing what we've already done and pushing it to its full potential at all. Jenna Kutcher said this. She said that we tend to like spend 30% of our time or 80% of our time creating and 20% of our time marketing. When really we should be spending 20% of our time creating and 80% of our time marketing what we've already created. Repurposing gives you the ability to do that without stepping so far away from creating that we end up presenting it. Because a lot of us are creators. We got into this because we want to create and we don't want to spend all of our time marketing. We just want to create so bad. So yes, keep creating. I'm not saying stop creating. I create a lot of freaking content, but I also make sure that people see it and it goes as far as possible. So that way, when I do blow up, because yes, it's going to happen. This girl's got goals, okay? There's content for people to go back on. Whether they see it five years from now or a month from now, or maybe after I'm dead and gone, they still see it. They, it's still there. I'm creating it to leave a legacy behind. I'm not just creating it for the, you know, like, anyway, people can create for whatever they want, but I know that my content is going to help somebody and that's why I do it. And it deserves to get as far and get pushed out as far as humanly possible. And so does yours. Everybody's does. Like we right. work too dang hard to not. It's crazy when you're saying like, imagine someone putting all this effort into making a YouTube video, which is a whole different thing for podcasts. Cause this is like, no one's seeing us. I mean, unless mm -hmm. you're using the video, but like, you know, no one's seen, but like to, to make it a video and to keep the audience and you're just gonna like spend all the time to make one video and that's it. What the hell? Like, make sure they break it apart. Don't post the same video twice, but break it up. Like put, put, put your content to work. Make it work as hard as you are. If your content ain't sweating right alongside you, you're not doing it well. Like you're not doing it well enough. And I say that with love because I don't want to tell anyone they're doing things wrong, but I know how hard you're working. Like I know I am shifting how I'm doing my content because I realize 
that my content is not hitting the audience. I'm not creating content for the audience that I want to hit. And so I'm going to start spending a significantly longer time on my videos. But so I'm not going to be able to podcast it because it's going to be multiple characters. But I'm also going to know ahead of time, I'm going to create this in a way that I can repurpose the hell out of it because I'm going to work really, really hard on this. I'm going to be, I don't know, spending two, three, four days to film versus sitting down and filming four videos in two hours. So I know how hard this is for me and I'm new at this. I don't have all of, you know, I don't have the team. Imagine how hard the bigger YouTubers work and they're not repurposing their content. Like they're busting their butt. They're putting time and money and energy into this. Like you will never get time back. So why aren't you using the time that you do have and using it to spread it out and make more people see? I guess turn 24 hours into 48 with repurposing. Like it really is possible. It's not too good to be true. It's a thing. It's 100% a thing. So do it. Wait, when do you think then should someone like when they're big enough or whatever, maybe in your experience, when, when should someone like actually hire somebody to repurpose content? Yeah. And I get it. Cause like repurposing simple and easy. It's, a, it's two different things. It's very simple, but it may not be easy to sit down and do it. You should outsource it as soon as you can feasibly without stress. So if you don't have the money, do not outsource it. If you have never repurposed one piece of your content, don't outsource it until you know, because how are you going to tell someone else what you like when you don't even know how to do it? So there's one. And if you can't afford to outsource, don't. But that means you have to pick. Are you going to invest time or invest money? If you don't have money, you need to invest the time. Maybe you don't have the money to hire someone to do it, but you can, you have you know the money to hire someone to do a consultation with, so that way they can give you a system that already works and you're not starting from scratch. They can listen to you and listen to your needs and create something for you that's gonna help you just create a workflow, which could be invaluable when you're first starting. So it all just depends on where you're at. Maybe you're just starting YouTube, but you have the funds to outsource right away. Absolutely do that. Absolutely do that and work with someone. Make sure you know what you're doing. Like don't outsource stuff. I really think everyone should know how to do it. Just like how people shouldn't outsource copywriting until they've done a little bit of copy themselves because you need to find your own voice or else the copywriter is not going to be able to help you if they don't know what your voice is. Same thing with repurposing. You should know how to do it. But if you can start from the beginning without stressing yourself out, do it. If you need to wait until you're making money from income, make obviously you're making money from income, where you need to wait until you're making money and making an income, wait. Like, and maybe you hire someone to do one-off projects for you. Maybe you can't have some, maybe you do five videos a week and you can't afford to have someone repurpose them all. Pick one or two of them and hire someone to do what you can afford or they just do it once. Or maybe what they do is you have someone pull the podcast audio and pull a transcript. You can't afford for them to do the whole shebang, but they can create the podcast audio for you, which you can add an intro and outro to in 10 minutes and you can upload to a podcast platform. And they've pulled the transcript and they've turned it into a blog post. You can pull your own social media captions. You can pull your own email copy from that. You can pull, just, it's copy paste. I mean, don't be dumb. Make sure it like fits whatever platform. But you can do that yourself. Do what you can feasibly do as soon as you can. But don't, do not say, oh my gosh, I need to outsource this right now. And I have zero dollars in the bank account and I just started this business. If it's stressful, don't do it. Like if, if any of this is stressful, don't do it. It should only be done if you have the mental capacity to do it and do it well. 
And when I say do it well, that doesn't mean perfect. It means show up as much as you can in the best way possible. So like the one you should outsource question, the only person I can answer that is you. Like what you have in your life and in your bank account, what you can do, do that, but do not let it be something that holds you back from doing something else in your business. Like I do this freelancing, I do this for other people. I, for myself, love creating short form content out of my videos. I think it's so fun. I learn so much because I'm watching myself and I'm learning from myself what I want to improve on. But I really hate, hate, hate turning my podcast audio into a blog post. It is so tedious. I love doing it for other people, but doing it for myself, I can't stand. So I know the first thing I'm going to outsource is I'm going to outsource that piece of it. All I'm going to do is have someone pull the audio or pull the transcript and turn it into a blog post. Because I don't mind pulling, I, I know how to pull the captions. So I'm good at that. I know how to pull the email copy. I'm good at that. I love doing the short form videos out of my longer form videos. Like that's fun for me. But I hate, I hate, hate, hate turning my transcripts into blog posts. So that's going to be my focus. If you enjoy doing something and you have the time to do it, don't outsource it. Outsource what you hate doing first. And you don't need to have someone do it all at once. Like, let's say for fun's sake, you're like, okay, I want Carly to do this for me but I looked at her full package and that's not in my budget, but I do see that she can do this one thing for me and I can pick between short form video or having her turn my podcast into a blog. I like doing a short form video. I hate doing the blog. That's what I'm going to outsource. That's what I'm going to have her do. Like you don't have to do it all at once. It's not all or nothing. Our brains love to go into all or nothing. Start with what you can and work up. And you never know, maybe, you know, in hiring Carly to do the blog post, you're more consistent on social media, which means it gets you more leads, which means it gets you more income. I'm not guaranteeing that at all. What you do, it all depends on your business and what you do, but that may end up affording you the ability to hire her. I'm talking in third person. It's just weird to say me, whatever. Um, hire me to do another thing for you where I can take over turning your video into a podcast for you. And I can do the editing and throw that up for you. Like you've had on little bits at a time. Like, Start with what you can do and stop thinking it's all or nothing. It's not. It's really not. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck because we want to do everything all at once, right? And that's just not feasible. And so we think, ah, oh, well, we can't do it all. Not doing any of it. Let's flip a table and all of it. I suck. The whole world sucks. This is never going to be anything. And then I'm going to sit on the couch for the rest of my life and never do anything. Just start with what you can. Just start with what you can. Yeah, that's, I think we've all thought of that all or nothing before. You make a YouTube video, but it sucks. We're done. Let's get on TikTok, you know, when it's like, dude, I mean, I've done that. It's like, just, it's fine. Make it like, get, you know, I mean, there's a point where maybe you're three years in or two subscribe. I get that. But there's like, it's probably because you, if you learn and you took what you saw, what sucked and actually learned, you're not going to be at 20 subscribers in three years because you learned what sucked. It's impossible because you're learning. You're le it's impossible to suck. If you're learning, you're taking it. Exactly. The best way I've ever heard it described is as if you go out on a date. You don't go out on a date and say, will you marry me on day one? Some people do. I've been there. It's creepy as heck. Okay. And nobody will like you. That's how you're going to say it to subscribers. If you expect to get married on date one, just because the chick is hot or the dude's hot, whatever it is. Like, no, you have to take time. You get to know someone. And eventually you go from meeting someone to the first date, to being exclusive, to a relationship, 
to getting engaged, to getting married. Like it's a whole thing. We don't expect that to happen in the first 20 minutes of meeting someone. And if you do, you need help. Like I don't judge a lot, but I'll judge on that. But like we, for whatever reason, think building relationships with people online should happen just like that. Whether you're using repurposed content or you need content, and it's going to take longer if you don't repurpose your content, I'm just saying. But it's going to take time because people need to get to know you. And let's say you're really established on YouTube, but you're brand new to TikTok. That's a whole new audience. Do not expect yourself to hit a million. I mean, does it happen sometimes? Yes. But you can't go into it expecting to hit a million subscribers or followers on TikTok overnight just because you have a million on YouTube. That's not how that works. Like, and you don't want the same people anyway, because then what's the point? Like, what's the point of being on multiple platforms if you have the same people? So where do we find you? Yeah, so as far as that content nerd, by repurposing stuff, I am purposefully keeping it small because, not that I play small, but I have a lot going on and I will easily do a whole other second business <laughs> or a third technically. And I am keeping chill. So you can find me on Twitter. I'm really active on Twitter, that content nerd. You can check out thatcontentnerd.com. And you can also find that content nerd on YouTube, but I'm still really tiny. So if you go to thatcontentnerd.com and then you'll click the YouTube button, that's the easiest way to get there because YouTube doesn't quite like me yet. But I'm going to be posting at least one video there a week and going live at least once a week, starting tonight, hopefully, because I want to be here for creators. I want to show up. So if you can't afford to hire me, that's fine. Check me out on YouTube. I will walk you through how to do it because you work too dang hard not to. You got to put it to work. It's perfect. Perfect ending. What a freaking awesome podcast episode. Quick shout out to Carly. Thank you for getting on this. Appreciate this. I hope creators, you got something from this. I know you did. So now are you convinced that we should be repurposing content, getting it out there, getting to different platforms, just try to start repurposing your content. Maybe it doesn't do as planned. That's fine. But just test it out. See what works. See what your audience likes out of it. And just keep creating content. I mean, we're content creators. That's, that's all we're trying to do here. We're trying to create content, you know, get our stuff out there and get paid along the way. Because like I said, this, this podcast is how to grow your audience, but it's also how to make money along the way. And that goes right into the next episode. We have Justin Moore, the sponsorship coach, as I'm quotation marks around my fingers. We talk about how to get your first sponsorship deal. Your first brand deal. We go over all the ins and outs of just, you know, how to do this. What should you say in a DM? Where do we find these people? So if that interests you, make sure to subscribe to this podcast because you don't want to forget. At least if you subscribe to it, you know it's in your podcast player. You're going to see it right there. If you're on Twitter, make sure to follow me on Twitter. You will know about it because I will talk about it. So I really hope you got a lot from this. Make sure to check out Carly's links at the bottom. See you all later, creators. Until the next time.